Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Missional Student Podcast. I am John, and I am not here with Phil today because Phil is off doing mission trip youth pastory things this week. And so instead, I'm here talking with another blog author talking about her blog post. So why don't you introduce yourself, Alyssa? So I am another graduate of the Moody Bible Institute, Alyssa, and I do ministry in Chicago. Define do ministry in Chicago. (laughs) Um, So I am a teacher at a Christian school in Chinatown. Do you Um, teach Chinese children? I I do. I teach Chinese children. Okay, so before we get to your blog post, because you have a pretty interesting mission story. So Alyssa and I both went to Moody, as we've said, but we didn't meet in Moody. We met here in Ohio. We actually went to the same church, same high school, all that fun stuff, same youth group prior to Phil. So then Alyssa was a year above me, so she went to Moody, and she went to Moody with a very specific plan in mind. I did. So I, like many white rural children had idealized this idea of what a missionary is and what ministry is. And I went into Moody wanting to study intercultural ministry and wanting to serve in Haiti working with children. Why did you want to serve in Haiti? Why Haiti specifically? That is where I felt God calling me primarily because that is really the only place I had heard of ministry being done at our church. Okay, so you go to Moody as an intercultural major. Your plan is to start an orphanage? Yes, or work with an orphanage, work with orphan children, something along those lines. I didn't really have a defined thing that I wanted to do other than children. Got it. So you... We're planning on going to Moody, planning to go to Haiti for children. Yes, which sounds so creepy. <laughs> yes. And now, post-Moody, you are not in Haiti, nope. still working with children, yep. but you are here in the U.S. So what changed between freshman year of Moody and graduating? So before I had even gotten to Moody, I had already decided that I was going to switch from intercultural to elementary education, which I did my first week there. And already at that point, I was thinking, maybe I don't want to go to Haiti. Maybe I'm not being called to Haiti. Kind of burned out of ministry before I'd even started it. And in that year, that first year of college, kind of looking at what ministry is, learning about urban ministry, learning about the flaws of intercultural ministry, international ministry, realizing the holes in what I'd been taught, um, started to think maybe I don't want to do ministry in Haiti. Maybe I want to do ministry in Western culture, either in the United States or in Europe. So I was still thinking probably going to Europe, but I was at least thinking Western ministry. And through my sophomore year into my junior year, I found that I loved urban ministry. I started working in a neighboring neighborhood to Chinatown with Chinese students and just fell in love with that and fell in love with teaching in a Christian school, teaching Christianly. And that's where I am now, teaching in Chinatown. Okay. Yeah. And I think this is something that for those of you who are listening, who are in high school, I think that's something you'll find that you can go into college with a specific view in mind, especially Mm -hmm. if you're planning on going to Bible college. And then God has a way of using Mm -hmm. life to change things. I'm the same way my plan going into Moody. I also went in as an intercultural major Mm -hmm. and my plan going in was to still work in radio, but to immediately graduate and make my own radio station somewhere else, preferably Africa Hmm. then, or at least run my own radio station somewhere else, preferably in Africa. 
And then God, within the first year, I changed my major to communications, which I thought would be a better route to owning said radio station. And then changed, moved, relationships, life, fell in love with the city, stopped hating the U.S. <laughs> and now I am back in my hometown selling advertising. So life changes. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. So don't get super hung up if you're going to college. So side note mm-hmm. on that. But so you wrote a blog post very similar to the path that you just talked about to some extent. So why did you want to write? So for those of you guys who don't know, her blog post is called Missionary Redefined. Missionary Redefined. And it will be, podcast will be attached to that blog post. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about when we say blog post, the Missional Student Podcast, the Missional Student Podcast, an awesome podcast with awesome people, (laughs) is a podcast that is in association with missionalstudent.com, which is essentially an all-purpose toolbox for youth pastors, high school kids, college kids, pretty much anybody, but generally student-esque to learn how to live on mission in their day-to-day life. So it is a collection of blogs written by Phil, who has had years of experience in youth ministry and is really, this is really his vein. People like us who have been students and have done lots of cool ministry things, other youth pastors in the area, just talking about what it's like to live on mission for Jesus in your day-to-day life. So each of our blogs, hopefully, will end up having a podcast where Phil or I will sit down and talk with the author, or it'll be the three of us. This time it's just me and Alyssa. And so we are talking about her blog post, which is Missionary Redefined. So what made you want to write this? First of all, it's a very interesting title. (laughs) Missionary is in quotation marks. Yes. Air quotes because it's a it's a it's podcast. A podcast, yeah. So you can't see us. We're we're quote we're putting quotes around every single time we talk about it. Yeah, around missionary and ministry, both of those. Yes. Um, so it comes from a place of that's really close to my heart because the ministry I'm involved in it's vocational. It is my job. Um, ministering to those, sharing the gospel, being as it is defined, missionary. Um, for most of the definition, except for the fact that I'm in the United States. So I'm doing cross-cultural ministry. I'm in the United States. But people in the evangelical church, those who are in the Protestant church, don't generally view what I do as ministry. And they don't really understand why I would call myself an urban missionary either. So looking at this idealized vision or version of a missionary that we have in Western culture and kind of looking at what it really is in light of scripture, so. Okay, so what, I think I know what this idolized view, but if you could paint a picture of what an idolized, like what would be a picture perfect missionary? Would it be my parents who spent 20 years in Africa ministering and talking to people who weren't like them in the place where they live. Is that kind of the lived on support, barely made any money for the sake of the gospel, that sort of thing? Basically, yes. As long as you are being support raised, living in another country, specifically one that is developing, working with a poor culture, working in a different culture, that is the idealized vision or version I think that we have in the evangelical church of what a missionary is so kind of like your parents a little okay so there's that and then there's you who is a teacher in chicago whose school happens to be in chinatown is christian who is you are christian or the school is christian the school is christian the school so you are a teacher at a christian school which some would say that's ministry some would say that's just 
you just don't want to be in public school. Yep. Speaking of, what is the connection that Poitok, which is the name of your school, has with like CPS? Like, are they a charter school? Or are they a private school? Are they... A completely private school, an ACSI school, Association Christ- Association of Christian Schools International School, not connected with CPS, so, which means that we are able to teach the Bible, we have a Bible class, we incorporate biblical integration into everything. It's a Christian school that is open to the public. No parent has to sign anything saying that they agree with what we teach, just that they recognize what we teach. So if I would just do a rough estimate, I would say about 98% of our students come from Buddhist families and they are completely unbelieving. Why would a Buddhist family in Chicago choose to send their children to a Christian school as opposed to a public school? So our biggest part of our school, there are about 160 students at the school, 119 of them roughly are preschoolers. So it's a well-known preschool, well-established preschool is with a the, good reputation. Is it the it preschool that like, if you don't get your kids into Poitok Academy, then they will not go to Harvard and you've ruined their future for the enti- for their entire life. In Chinatown, yeah, that's kind okay. of the view. So it's got a good preschool program. And then we pull from our preschool to have our elementary school program. It is, it's got a good reputation, good rapport with the neighborhood. So it is the preschool. So obviously you don't have to be Chinese to work there because you are not Chinese. Nope. But is it run by Chinese or Asian American primarily? Was it found? Primarily. The founder of the school, Sylvia Wu, is from China. Okay. She, our current principal, also immigrated from China. About 50% if not more, 50% of the teachers, more of the support staff, TAs, those who work in the lunchroom after school, they are Chinese as well. So it's primarily a Chinese school, very integrated. We integrate Western ideals into it. It's definitely a Chinese uh, Asian school. Okay. So it sounds like just, and just from where you're, so one, I don't know, I didn't know a lot about Poitok. When I was in Chicago, I spent most of my time on the North side Mm -hmm. and Chinatown's on the South side. So that's where that separate is. But I mean, okay, it sounds literally, as you're describing, this sounds like every mission school I've ever heard of. And like people who teach at those schools are definitely considered missionaries. Uh, But the issue is they're in a separate country, not Mm -hmm. in the US. But I think mostly when, this is just me assuming, but I think that when people have frustrations with calling yourself a missionary, I think the issue is they just don't understand the culture of Chicago and the culture of Chinatown. Oh yeah. And this goes back into what we've talked what I've talked about with Zach Simpson on his two podcasts uh, about his two blog posts, both very great. Um, but specifically there's one called Who is Your Mission? And he was talking about the aspect of there are people who need Jesus everywhere around mm-hmm. you. You don't have to travel to Sudan to meet a unreached people group. You can go hang out with the large Sudanese population in Columbus. Mm-hmm. If you want to be the first person to bring Jesus to a Buddhist, you can go to Thailand or you can go to Chinatown in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, and that I think very much goes into what you're talking about. Like one thing I love is you have a line that says, the call is simple, go, make disciples, baptize, teach. The call was to each of the 11 not to one, not to some, but to all. Each of them called to continue the work of Jesus has started. Each of them called to share the gospel, which is true. 
And I think oftentimes I know in um, my life and with my history, it's often used as like a, therefore go and make disciples and leave the comforts of America, Mm -hmm. leave the comforts of Western culture, go live on a hut, ride an elephant (laughs) and don't wear clothes and just be full native African or Asian or Haitian Haitian. or whatever. And I think we spend less time talking about what missionary looks like here in the U.S. and especially as especially as it the country the world is getting more and more globalized more and more things are coming to us i know that was a big issue for me going through college Mm -hmm. was this idea of can i be okay with staying yeah did god teach me to be okay with staying? um i don't know what are your thoughts i have more thoughts but i feel like i'm talking too much so (laughs) (laughs) i mean very similar yeah i also had the same thing speaking specifically with the am i okay to stay aspect of it because when i went into Moody, I also had the idea, I'm going to go out. I could never stay in the United States. God, you can't call me here. And then, you know, the working that he did, you know, looking at the Great Commission, being with a community of believers and realizing, you know, ministry isn't just going. We get so focused on the go part of the Great Commission. It's not just go and live in the middle of nowhere and be with people in a developing country. It's where you are right now. You are supposed to be making disciples, baptizing, teaching where you are, where God has called you. Yeah. Very and I, similar. And I know all through Moody, we have these massive missions conferences where mm-hmm. speakers would come in and they would talk and share about what, like, I think my freshman year, we had a woman who lived in Afghanistan and worked with the Taliban, people from the Taliban. There was a dude who was kidnapped by the Taliban, I think, I remember. There was a lot, like, my freshman year was a lot of, like, Muslim impact, Muslim reach sessions. But I would have conversations with, it was always just interesting, like very quickly I realized there, like around missions conference, there was a rift between the more interculturally minded students and the more domestically minded Mm. students. You have the intercultural majors and the missionary kids and the international students who loved the flavor and the fun and the international bent. And they were all like, I'm going to go to the Czech Republic and I'm going to go to UAE and I'm going to go to Hong Kong to minister rich kids. And I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. Then you have that was a large population of people at Moody. Mm -hmm. Um, I very much fit into that box. And then there was the majority pastoral studies majors who were from small farm communities or from small towns or from cities here in the U.S. who were being sent by their church to go learn the gospel, to come back to Mm -hmm. their church and to be there and to be present and to be here. And they're often like, and it was that it's this thing that David Platt talks about all the time where he says he does these big push for missions. And they're like, okay, you care so much about international missions, but what about what's happening here? Mm -hmm. Um, And then he was like, cool. And he, I just loved, and I had, I got into a debate with a guy in my senior year and I, I just told him this. He was always like, cool. Yes. People need Jesus here. You're here. Go do it. <laughs> I will go there. You stay here. Funny how God works that way. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it's this whole concept of you need to be ministered where you are. And I don't, I think sometimes we have very much a us versus them who's better mentality. Like if mm. we send everyone out there will be nobody for here but also we're a christian nation we don't need jesus if we leave like we we're called to go bring the gospel to the whole world and you can't do that staying in your doorstep and Mm -hmm. it's not as they're 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 not mutually exclusive Mm. um 
both of those things. And I think you found that because you were very much also like you weren't very much. You weren't ever one of the people who was like, oh, I hate missions conference. Missions conference sucks. All they do is they talk about going overseas and I'm just going to go back to Indiana and pastor my church. And um, they don't care about me. And past missionaries get more more favor in the church in the eyes of the church than pastors do. But pastors do all the strong, hard work. And then you have the missionaries who are like. We don't get anything. <laughs> but you were very much on the international side, but then now you're living and working in a city. I definitely was more in the middle during missions conference because I was like, I want to go, but I don't want to go. I want to go, but I know all these people who are here. So where do we all fit together? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that struggle too, because it's it's not just, I mean, primarily is the pastors, but there mm-hmm. are so many people doing ministry, even, you know, right here in Mansfield, like kids have been doing reach this week. The youth group has been doing working with different ministries, the Salvation Army, Addie's Closet, like all of these places. So how do we all fit together in this grand scope of eternity? So definitely the struggle looking at that. So, you know, go. Go yeah. doesn't mean, it, it means go outside your doorstep, but that doesn't mean you can't just go next door, you know? Yeah, or go to the Indian restaurant or a lot of, there's a lot of crossover between my conversation with Zach, but yeah, it's just this concept of, it's this, we say this a lot, but it's this idea of a perspective shift and mm-hmm. your home can also be where you do ministry and ministry doesn't always have to, this is something I am having to learn, mm-hmm. having come from Moody where everyone's going into professional ministry. Mm-hmm. Ministry doesn't always have to, ministry and missions doesn't always have to look like something you're paid to do. Mm-hmm. Ministry and missions doesn't always look like your vocation, your job, something that you do on a regular basis. Ministry and missions could be smiling at your coworker who you don't know what he believes, um, getting coffee with a friend, being there to support them, going through the missional rhythms with all the people that you surround yourself with every single day. So thinking, loving, praying, listening, sharing, eating, living, all of those just kind of blend together with the people that you're around and the people that you're around need Jesus as much as you did and the people in Africa need Jesus. And it's all about where God has placed you. And they're not like, you may still, like you may still end up going to Europe and you may still end up going to Asia or Haiti. Right. Just because you're not there now doesn't necessarily mean you won't be. That's so true. I think my freshman year at Moody, I started, when I started realizing this and started, you know, I'm not in ministry yet. I have four years. What am I going to do? Um, We got maps of Chicago, I remember this, during orientation or something, and on one of them that I put on my bulletin board, I just put, my mission field is where I am. So that was the first thing I would look at in the morning, going, yes, I'm not there yet, and I may never get there, but this is right now, this is ministry. So it's, ministry is where you are right now. You don't need to wait until you graduate from college if, or graduate from high school to start ministry. Ministry is where you are right now. The mission field is where you are right now. So that's something so important that I think high school, like when I was in high school, I would often forget. I would think in the future when I do ministry later or, you know, in college later, no, you need to be where God has placed you right now. And that's just the call of Christ is to be present with the people that he has placed you with right now, mentoring, discipling. You know, showing his love and 
just being him where you are. Yeah, so I'll, um, we'll close this with a quote from the blog post. We have the same call, go, teach, baptize. For some, he does call to overseas ministry in developing and developed countries. For others, he leads them down the street. The bottom line is our mission field is where we are at any given moment. His calling may be for an extended period of time or until death. It also could be for a specific season. Either way, the focus needs to be on sharing the gospel with those around us where we are right now. There may be a future calling we are looking towards, but until the future becomes the present, your mission field is where you are. Because where you are is where God has you and me for his purpose, even when we cannot see it. Our job is simply to be obedient to him and share his gospel. So bottom line, recap everything that we talked about. College changes your plans. So be okay with that. Um, and don't define missionary as something, as someone who is sent to go. Now, I will caution that. Um, there are people that are like, oh, I'm a missionary. And I was like, I, mm, you, you get coffee at the local Starbucks and you say you talk to people. You're not a missionary. No. Um, and sometimes in some of these conversations, we can diminish the sacrifice and you know, what it happens to actually like leave your family and go right. and all of that. But at the same time, God has called you to missions is not restricted to overseas, doing something overseas. And also just don't judge people based on what you think they should be doing hmm. and just live life where you are and where you should be. Um, there's no missional challenge because that's Phil's job and he is slacking. Yeah. So we don't have a book recommendation because that's Phil's job and Phil is not here. But... Let us know what you thought of the last couple books that we've, all the books that we recommended, but specifically the one we recommended last week. It's slipping my brain right now. I don't know my notes, but let us know what you think about it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You can message us at missional student um, on all of those. You can also just email us at info at missional students dot com as well as, yeah, connecting on the socials. We are also still looking for stories about how you've put in about stories about the missional rhythms as we're winding down on our missional rhythms series like how have how have you done these what have you done what have you done with the missional rhythms how have they affected you and impacted your life if you sought to live on mission so we're collecting some of those stories right now so if you have those stories reach out to us again facebook instagram twitter missional students handles are in the notes or you can email info at missionalstudent.com don't forget to leave a review and a and a subscribe Subs leave a subscribe <laughs> subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more episodes um, that may or may not include Alyssa and may or may not include me also if you just want to hear more great content and if you love this podcast leave a review because that is one of the best ways to get it in front of other people as well as telling other people about it in we talked about emotional sharing you talk about what you love so if you love this podcast talk about it because podcasts, there are a million of them and they're all amazing, but ours is the best. <laughs> so do that. And if you leave a review, it does something in the metrics and it um, puts it in the eyes of more and more people because basically be like, oh, you liked this podcast. You also liked this podcast. So people who like this podcast also like this podcast. So maybe you'll like this podcast and then be like, yay, more people are listening to us and getting our great content. Check out the site, specifically check out Alyssa's blog post it is missionary in quotes missionary redefined by Alyssa Leach you can also find out more 
about the school that she works at. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll link to that in the show notes. And just look up Chicago. It's great. And look up Moody, two alums who are sort of doing what we wanted to do. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> great school. God bless her. And <laughs> with that, since Phil's not here, I will do it. With that, go and live on mission today. We are a missional student and we exist to equip students to live on mission in their day-to-day lives. So take care guys. Bye. Thank you.